let's talk cooling for a moment. Now, you remember the extreme heat dome we had in 2021? According to the uh, BC Coroner Services, uh, the temperature surpassed 40 degrees Celsius for days, and those who died included the elderly and vulnerable people living in buildings without air conditioning. Now, during the week of June 25th to July 1st, 2021, uh, more than 800 deaths were investigated by the BC Coroner Service. The Coroner Service later identified 619 of those deaths uh, were due to the heat dome. Now, there's been conversations since then of what we need to do uh, to stay safe, from cooling stations uh, being operated by municipalities to keeping an eye on our, on our neighbours as well. Well, this week, the Lower Mainland Local Government Association uh, have been meeting at uh, Harrison Hot Springs to discuss local issues and policies which can be implemented region-wide. Well, one of the proposals put forward was to ask the provincial government to make changes to the Residential Tenancy Act, where landlords who are responsible for heating in a unit would now be responsible, uh, responsible for cooling as well. Joining me now to discuss this motion and what happened is Nadine Nakagawa, a city councillor from New Westminster. Uh, Ms. Nakagawa, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Walk me through the the proposal and what happened. Well, one of the um, components of the conference is to bring forward resolutions that might be actions that we want to take or things that we want the provincial government to do. Mm-hmm. And so this was an ask that the provincial government would consider changing the Residential Tenancy Act, like you said, to include cooling in rental units. And there's quite a spirited debate on the floor. Um, you know, some people um, sharing their experiences of dropping off cooling units for seniors during during the heat dome in 2021 and the impact that had. And in the end, it did not pass. Um, My colleagues from across the Lower Mainland did not um, support that resolution. Why do you think it did not pass? Well, I mean, there isn't a lot of renters in that room, to be honest. Um, It's one area of local government, you know, one form of representation that I think we don't see a lot of tenants who are represented at local government level. So that experience is quite far away from folks. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reality of the housing situation might not be quite as apparent to them as it is to someone like me who is a renter in New Westminster. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, overall, I think we see a lot of reluctance to take action, I think, on behalf of uh, of tenants in the region. And, you know, there's a lot of reluctance, I think, to put any additional burden on landlords or even the corporations that own a lot of the rentals in our our region. So, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can only speculate as to why it didn't pass, but um, I will say I'm very disappointed. Uh, motions uh, can fail. They can fail two or three times, uh, and it may take a few years to, for them to be accepted and implemented. Uh, and this may be one of them. I don't know. So let's just say it did pass. In your mind, in all practical purposes, how would it work? Would you be asking uh, landlords to put in an air conditioning unit f- in their unit, or, or would it be uh, something portable, let's say something you could pick up at a, at a Canadian Tire or a Costco? Uh, when you talk cooling system, what are we talking about? Well, I think that's one of the strengths of the motion is that it wasn't prescriptive. And I think that we could have different options that would work for different housing tenures, for different regions of the province. So I think it wasn't prescriptive, and I don't think it has to be that specific. Mm -hmm. But I think when you say maybe it'll pass in future years, what's troubling to me is how many more of our neighbours have to die before we actually start to take the impacts of climate seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, When I've had your colleague on the show before, uh, the Mayor uh, Patrick Johnston, we've talked about cooling stations in in municipalities. Are there other things communities can do rather than, let's say, 
ask landlords to spend more dollars on a cooling system? Could it be cooling stations? Could there be other ways to deal with this challenge of, of, of warmer temperatures? Absolutely, we can and should do all those things. Um, the city of New West has and will have cooling centers, like you said, in facilities like libraries. We'll have misting stations outdoors. Um, we're, we're, we're piloting uh, projects where um, Fraser Health will loan out air conditioning units. But we've also heard from folks, including people with disabilities and seniors, that it's not always possible for people to leave their building. And so for that reason, I do think that the air conditioning or the cooling units in buildings is absolutely crucial. Um, Just having one room that you can go to where you can escape deadly heat in your home is crucial if you're not able to leave. Can that be done in older buildings in your mind? Yeah, it has to. I mean, I live on the third floor of an older rental building. Mm -hmm. And I will say in that summer heat wave, it was deadly hot. I had to go stay in a friend's basement and I took my cats with me because I didn't even think they could survive it. So I think it can be, I think it has to be. And some of the barriers, you know, for folks, people say, well, why don't you just do it yourself? Besides the availability and the affordability of these types of units, um, some units don't have like appropriate windows that would that would work for sort of the standard cooling units. Mm-hmm. And I've even heard reports of, of landlords or building managers saying, no, you can't install that in the building for, for lots of different reasons. So, um, yeah, it, it can be done, and I think it absolutely has to be done. I want to touch on your comments you made earlier about uh, elected officials not uh, uh, reflecting uh, how people live today. Uh, you know, many of our, certainly in our MLAs, um, and stories that I've read uh, are not renters. Most of them are single-family homeowners. Some of them have investment properties, so they're part of the um, the 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 old guard. Not the old guy, because the old guard may not be the right word, but certainly those that have the single-family home and they may not be renters, as you say. But they were able to enter the market in a different time, different era. In my time as an MLA, I was also one of them. I own a single-family home, um, but as you say. There aren't many people who are elected who are renters. Uh, speak to me a little bit about, do you think that still uh, impacts decisions like this particular motion that's, that, that, is, uh, that, as you say, didn't pass? Do you think that had a lot to do with it? I think it absolutely impacts um, the reality there. You know, it's not just the inaffordability or lack of number of units available for, for renters, for tenants. It's this huge feeling of vulnerability in the housing market right now. And that's not only that, you know, sometimes we think we're not going to be able to stay in these communities that we're part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be able to find a unit that works for my family size. Or like I said, I have cats, hard to find um, pet-friendly rental. Um, I could get run-evicted or dem-evicted in certain communities, but also that my housing might not be safe or appropriate for me in these type of climate emergencies. So I'm, I'm a big um, proponent of representation in all sorts of ways, my community is almost 50% renters. Mm-hmm. I'm the only tenant on council. I do think that matters, and I do think we need more of those voices um, th- in the decision-making seats. Do you think, uh, moving forward, and, and, maybe, and talk to me a little bit about your community, but any new housing, whether it be apartments and rentals, whether it be single-family homes or townhouses, uh, has your, is your, does your community have any policy on moving forward that they must have a cooling system in place when they build these new properties? I think it's something that we're going to uh, continue to look at and um, it's something that, you know, if, if we can't get it done through the Residential Tenancy Act, I think it's something that I want to look at doing just independently in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, these buildings are often 
um, built a bit differently in terms of step code and whatnot. So it really does tend to be a certain type of older building that is particularly deadly and serves a certain demographic that might not have the ability, like I said, to get out during um, during these type of events. So um, we know my neighbourhood, the brow of the hill, has the most seniors and most, you know, sort of low-income, people on lower fixed income, mm-hmm. people with disabilities, newcomers, and it was the most deadly in the entire region during the heat dome. Uh, I don't know, was there was there actually a vote count or was it just, just based on yeas and nays? Do you have a sense of uh, how close this motion was, uh, was from passing or uh, any sense of how close it was? I don't have the exact numbers, but it was very, very close. So this would, this could be brought forward once again? Yeah, it absolutely could. And my worry is then it then goes to the Union of BC municipalities in the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking the fall of 2024 now, and then goes to the provincial government for response. They then have to update legislation. You know, we're, we're really delaying something that we know is imminent for folks. And mm-hmm. um, nobody wants to see another summer like that where our neighbours die. Miss mm-hmm. uh, Nakagawa, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.